Welcome back to Beef and Lamb New Zealand Seen and Heard podcast. This is part three of our series on farm succession and transition with Geordie McCallum. Um, I hope you've listened to part one and part two, but if you're coming in now, they each stand alone, but it's certainly worthwhile going back and listening to them. And as you'll hear, there's a reason why we've divided up into three podcasts, because this is a big topic. Uh, Something over 50% of farms and farming families have said it's important to them, and for each individual family, it's a long-term process, and there's a lot to work through, and we've certainly had a lot to discuss. So now we're moving on to part three. We've talked earlier on about starting with the end in in sight, working out where we want to get to, how we're going to do it, whether the business can do it, engaging the family member, throwing up options on the farm and off the farm to make it happen. Now we're getting down to... um, I guess pulling it all together, drafting the plan and the structure that enables the plan. And it's interesting, I know, Geordie, when I talk to a lot of farmers or listen to farmers, the first thing they jump to tends to be the structure, mm. the trust, this, the uh, company, the, all these various things that need to happen, but it's the last part you've put in there. So before we get into drafting the plan, why do you turn it around that way? I mean, surely some of these financial structures are the most important thing that has to happen. Um, no, they're not, <laughs> because... Um, we are people mm-hmm. and um, we have got to we've got to manage the, the people within the business if we don't get the people part right mm-hmm. no trust company partnership or writing on mm-hmm. a bit of paper paper can um, force people to like things um, stick to things and do all of that so um, the the legal parts and the structural parts are are essential Mm -hmm. and you do them well and you do them right Um, but first rule of business for me um, slightly side side note but if you don't um, trust a person Mm -hmm. um, you don't go into business with a person Mm -hmm. Um, and while we're talking about family here um, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be um, put to the side just because it's family Um, and if you're doing, um, if you're ever working with people, going into business with people, um, and all this is, you know, this uh-huh. is this is very much business, then you've got to um, you've got to be compatible. You've got to understand each other, and everyone's got to. There's got to be some mutual benefit. So you get all of that stuff out first, and as we've talked about drafting gates, there's a few places along here where um, there is a drafting gate and opportunities for people to um, put their hand up and, and remove themselves or for the hand on the drafting gate to, to yep. draft one way or the <laughs> other. Um, so that when we get all of that in place, um, which isn't a guarantee, through this mm-hmm. process sometimes you you realise that their, their family um, mm-hmm. succession is not the right outcome. Um, it's not necessarily what people want to hear, mm-hmm. um, but we got to be bold enough and courageous enough to say at times that this is not the best thing for the mm-hmm. family um, and or for the business. Mm-hmm. Was that right though that well, my assessment often people jump to the structure, do I need a trust, I need a company etc and that, yes. they tend to go to that first and that's yes. completely... Yeah, we're looking at succession, um, what do you think we should would do? Uh, we've talked talk with the accountant about mm-hmm. companies um, to which you're not talking about succession, you're talking about restructuring, mm. which you can do as part of succession or part of your own business or 
um, for many reasons. All right. Let's leave that till last then. So our first podcast, yep. we talked about establishing an end game and what your business will allow you to do. Second podcast, engaging the family, considering options. Now we're up to the point where we're drafting a plan to meet the needs of the family. Yep. What do we do? What happens here? So important, um, as we said in podcast two, we've engaged the family and that's not a one-time event. That will continue. Um, we've looked at all these options and now it's distilling that down into our draft plan, which mm-hmm. is um, based on, and, and who's doing this? This is the retiring generation, the people mm-hmm. that are currently in the driver's seat that are leading this <coughs> process. They've taken on um, the feedback from everyone within the family, but they ultimately now, based on um, their values mm-hmm. and the family values, have got to make um, some decisions, and some of them hard, about where the compromise is and what what a real and practical plan is going to be mm-hmm. to try and best fit yep. the family. So that gets, um, that gets drafted and then effectively gets um, re-presented and discussed um, mm. with the family. Is it, and you know, this is what you do, and, it, and I'm not saying it's easy, but if you've done the first sort of four steps we talked about, this part should come together reasonably, not organically, but you know, it's, it's, mm. uh, it's uh, the building blocks are there, you're putting them yep. together more or less. Yep. Totally. So if you've, uh, if the first four parts have been done well, mm. this is almost like a non-event. Yep. You are putting it in the box and there it is. And when you go back and, and share it with everyone, um, it's, yes, that's what we talked about. Yes, that's what we expected. Tick, tick, tick. Mm-hmm. Um, in the real world, there's... Um, there's a bit more emotion and a bit more life that happens. Yep. And so there are conversations and um, as, as we've said through the podcasts, important that that plan includes what's happening mm-hmm. and also why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally in the conversations, um, that's what you keep coming back to if, if there are people that, that have issue. Um, and at sometimes it may be that the issues that are raised um, are valid Mm-hmm. Um, it may be that because through the process you're only as, as good as our ability to mm-hmm. uncover things at the time um, why it's called a draft is because there's nothing like um, knowing how you feel about things nothing like um, doing something mm-hmm. and so by the time you throw that draft down and everyone sees it in black and white and goes oh Hang on. Had I known that, I would have, or I didn't yeah. quite understand that. So there are valid times where people go, "Well, this isn't quite. I yep. didn't quite think that." And more, more things mm-hmm. are uncovered. That's why it's a draft, and and you um, work through that, mm-hmm. make sure you you address it, and flesh out for for any other things mm-hmm. that that might be there. Um, so you take that draft, fine tune it into the. This is yeah. what we're we're progressing. And I think. Anybody who's familiar with some of the principles of design thinking, which we've used a bit in product development, could understand that you ultimately want a first version, a straw version, to go up that people can, it helps them clarify their own thinking is what you're saying. You're not actually saying, here it is, but saying here's a a draft, Mm. tear it apart, or or, what do you think now, sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. and and important to note, um, the leadership, the authority is with, 
the retiring generation, mm-hmm. the owners of this business, the consultation, um, the draft plan and the feedback is not about tell us what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. It's about listening and understanding and where points are, val- are valid and sometimes points might be valid but it's not possible within the business, mm-hmm. the decision still rests with the retiring generation. Yeah. So we're consulting, we absolutely want to understand the people, um, but the decision um, mm. the decision and authority is not being given in these environments, just the, the discussion and the ability to influence and have a voice. So you talk, you know, the plan talks about what's going to happen and really importantly the why, which the process up till now has been teasing that out. Does it get into the who and I guess especially the when and try and be that precise? Obviously, uh, the who, who's going to be in there, but the when and try and say, we will do, have done X by what? You may do. As mm-hmm. we said before, um, it, it depends on where the family's at, but mm-hmm. you um, you may have a definite date. Often, often um, you might be, the when might be, there, mm-hmm. there's a transaction over the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could be at the stage where the next generation have been on the farm for two, three, five years, and... By that point, once you've said yes to the draft and this is the right thing to do, the transaction, a transaction mm-hmm. could be taking place um, at yep. the next balance date. So it might be that. Um, it might be that the, that someone's going to be coming home. So um, the opportunity's identified and it's there and we know who's, who's coming home, but they've got 12 months more doing what they're doing. Then they get home and we don't. All we know is that it's probably going to be two to three years before they then get to management and and such and such. Mm -hmm. So we don't lock that down. Mm -hmm. We just agree on what's required to take that next step. Okay. And more, you're thinking technically here, how long is it taking families, in your experience, farming families, to work through the process from where we started talking today, establishing the end game, what people want to do and how they want to live when they they retire and those sorts of things, to this point where you're getting a draft plan. How long do you give people, because as you see, when people see things, then they have new ideas or they suddenly realise, actually, I feel this way or that way about things. How long do you give that process? Uh, you give it as long as it mm. requires. Um, a lot of people that engage me um, are doing it... Um, are doing it at a time where there is a tension, mm-hmm. a, a tension to move forward. Yep. And so in that case, where the people are there and they sort of get to the point where they say, well, crikey, we've got to mm-hmm. do something here, um, I would say often there's a transaction within 12 months mm-hmm. in those cases. Other cases where they approach knowing they need to do something. Um, and look, we've been talking a lot about the needs of the next generation in terms of timing. Mm-hmm. Um, we also absolutely factor in the needs of the retiring generation. So they may well be saying, um, we're a bit tired um, and we can't do this for five more years. Um, so there's those, those needs in there as well. Um, so sometimes um, I'm engaged and a retiring generation can see their longevity and the fact that they, something needs to happen, but mm-hmm. there isn't isn't a um, anyone putting their hand up yet mm. and so that that um, that meeting an engagement could be five you know could just be setting the scene to say you've got a bit of you've got this amount yeah. of time to really make your decision 
Um, no pressure, no obligation, mm. but if it is for you, work through your process um, because we're going to need to be looking at other options mm. um, if, if we don't get a commitment. The same message comes back, though, to do it well and give people that time, etc. If you, the earlier you can start up within reason, the better. Yep. Yeah, so let's stick with the fact that we've done the first steps yep. well. The draft plan, subject to some tweaking, um, is mm. is really good to go. And is this where you put in, I was looking, going through some of the materials and keep harking back, check in the podcast description, you'll have links to the Red Meat Profit Partnership and Beef and Lamb New Zealand websites where there's a lot of this material, there's some videos, there's some fact sheets, there's a module to work through. One of the things they mentioned in there, the plan has the, the what-ifs or the... The worst case scenarios, I think they talk about the five Ds, which I can only remember, there was divorce, death, disaster, disability, disability and there's probably, uh, there is a fifth one, I can, but it doesn't matter what yeah. they are, but this is where you start putting in the what ifs or um, your, your alternate yeah. scenarios. So course. we've then got the, the draft plan turns into a real plan, we then, point five, mm-hmm. final point, final part of the parcel, um, transaction stage, we find a structure mm-hmm. that enables the plan. Okay. And this is why it's all important that this is the final point. Yep. Because until this point, we don't know what we're trying to do mm. and, and our needs. So the structures within um, are irrelevant until this point. And yep. if we learn from the past, um, and family trusts have um, been utilised for the last, let's say, 50 years reasonably mm-hmm. intensively um, and have absolutely fulfilled a purpose, but there have been a number of unintended consequences that have arisen mm-hmm. when structures have been put in place for reasons such as tax, for reasons such as pure asset protection, and um, they they can limit options and they can mm. make things difficult in the future. So. By waiting to this point, we understand our our full um, Uh breadth of needs from, yes, we've got asset protection, um, yes, we've got tax efficiency, but we've also got um, ease of transferability, um, Uh ease of, um, yeah, transferability of management, of ownership, um, Uh and all these different aspects of, of maybe the members of the family that aren't farming have some kind of um, touch and feel in this space as well. So all those things, we then go, right, what is the structure Mm -hmm. that is going to enable that and make it all work? So every legal structure in one way or another will limit some options or or provide some opportunities. So they've got their pros and their cons and they they often work in together to to create a full picture. So leaping into one may mean parts of things you've identified in the plan cannot yep. happen yeah which yep. is the key to, to having it around about this way and we'll leave it to your individual accountants and lawyers to um, to advise and mm-hmm. put on the table what the best structures are and what the pros and cons mm-hmm. are um, in simple terms you've got partnerships um, also including limited partnerships mm-hmm. which is a, a reasonably new form of partnership you've got companies you've got trusts mm-hmm. um, and I missed out the sole trader okay. um, at the top there so there is a, a finite number mm-hmm. of, of entity options to choose from 
and once you know what you're trying to do you can then look at your current structure and look at the best future structure and ideally try to transition yourself from from where you are and into that but this is the point where unless it happens to be a lawyer or your accountant who is your facilitator and skilled and experienced and stuff but this is the point you'd bring them in almost first well as part of yeah um yeah you this is this is where your lawyer and your accountant have their technical skills are uh um invaluable yeah. necessary but you're going to them and saying this is what we want to do yeah this no, is our yeah because if, if you go to your accountant on day one and say um, we we need a new structure and they go oh that's great how about we give you a company and I'll jump in there and say I hope and think that accountants um, most accountants wouldn't uh-huh. just do that they would be be going through a, a process also um, you know, they are not tailoring a solution for mm. you. They're just picking off the shelf. By the time you've got this plan, you are giving them, here's what we need, please provide a tailored solution yep. to, to deliver that. Um, now, what when we talk about structure, it's not just in enabling the plan, it's not just those entities. When mm-hmm. we talk about structures, um, it brings in those other things that you mentioned. Um, We've got. Um, we want. We want to have a structure in place to support the governance mm-hmm. of that business. Um, who's going to be involved in that governance? If you've got a company, then mm-hmm. who are going to be the directors of that company? Um, if you've got trusts, um, who are going to be the trustees? Um, and we're wanting to make sure, just like we talked about before, that the right level of authority is given to the right people Mm -hmm. and and that that can transfer over time as things change. Um, How often uh, is is the the governance group going to meet and what is the business Mm -hmm. that the governance group needs to conduct? So you've got to, you know your roles because in in farming, um, frequently, and and let's say say all owner-operated businesses, um, you're the owner, you're the director or the trustee, you're the manager, you're the two IC, you're the shepherd, um, and you're the contractor. Yep. Um, and you're the, the <laughs> husband or wife, yep. and you're the son or daughter or in-law. You've got 17 different hats that yep. you're wearing. So these um, structures are drawing some boundaries and making sure that um, mm. while dad um, was, dad no longer manages this farm, um, the next generation mm-hmm. is managing and making these decisions dad might still be involved from a governance yep. point of view um, which which gives you a clear boundary and mm. says yeah and of course and of course we're not taking out the informal conversations and the mentoring and the the phone calls and the breakfasts and the um, the benefit of all of that but we're just making sure everyone knows um, what their what their job is what their authority is and um, and we're all okay with it it's that communication thing again, talked about a lot. And so this is again a stuff you'd want in writing. Yeah, you will have, and, and let's keep it simple, in terms of a company, you have a shareholders agreement. Mm-hmm. In terms of a partnership, you have a partnership agreement. Um, you, those, are the, the, those are the documents mm-hmm. that set these things out. Now, I know they're sometimes 40 pages long, but I would hope that within that there is one page pretty close to the front that documents the really practical um, decision-making 
processes and interactions that are relevant for you um, on a either monthly or quarterly or, or yearly basis. So I hope if you've listened through to the podcast, people, you'll understand why we aren't actually spending a lot of time on structures and their ins and outs because that, as Geordie said, clearly uh, that's the last thing, or ultimately the la- or one of the near the last thing you do. It'll fall out of all the steps in the process before. But um, you mentioned, you know, trusts have been around for a long time. They seem to be very popular. Are they still the most appropriate entity you see for what people want to achieve with succession or are you finding others are actually working better even though trusts have tended to be the probably the default I guess yeah look no comment because that leads people you know people could listen to to our six hours of podcasts (laughs) and the one thing they might hear is oh trusts are still good we'll do it trust Um, it absolutely depends on the advice of your accountant and your lawyer once they have seen your plans your visions and what you're trying to achieve that will decide the role of a trust, the role of a company, mm-hmm. the role of a partnership, or, or whatever mix. Yep, good. Um, now, structures, we've gone governance, let's jump down another level to management. Mm-hmm. Management structures. How many farming businesses are being operated within the head of mm-hmm. the person that's running them? So getting some management practices and processes um, out there documented is crucial in terms of succession mm-hmm. um, and um, the, the real question that you need to ask yourself is if you drop dead tomorrow what would happen mm-hmm. to your assets yep. to your farm how would it get run would people know mm-hmm. where that um, nuisance water leak is going to be where that pipe is underneath the ground yep. all those all those sorts of things making sure that there is there are structures, there are processes, and there is information that makes your role within the business transferable. Because when um, we are lying in the box, the last thing, whatever our consciousness is, wants to be is, I wish, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had written that down, because then my wife or my son or my so and so would easily be able to go and do that mm-hmm. job rather than spend the extra time to have to, to figure things out. So we're talking something along the lines of a farm plan or something, a farm management yeah. plan, just actually having some of the stuff? Or some of the right. critical stuff. And, and I know that, that we it's this new age and we can get bogged down with paperwork, mm-hmm. so it's about prioritising and the things that are going to be of most value. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that sort of leads into, um, in terms of protection, so mm-hmm. we've got this plan, we've spent, we've spent time, we've got this plan and possibly even before right now, um, as the plan starts to take shape, important that we start looking at protection and when I say that, um, it's about making sure that now you've got a vision and, and some intentions, mm-hmm. that if something goes wrong, that does not derail the opportunity yep. that you're looking to lay out for all members mm-hmm. of the family because nothing worse than you've got it all together and everyone's on board that suddenly um, something unforeseen happens mm. and that that process is lost. How can you protect yourself? What are you talking about there? So we're talking about wills, we're okay. talking about memorandums of wishes for trusts, we're talking about powers of attorneys and enduring powers of attorneys to protect you for Um, disabilities Mm -hmm. Um, we're talking about insurance and making sure that the key risks within the business are covered from lives to to assets to income protection 
Um, and again, I'm not selling insurance. I'm not saying go out and, and spend up to the hilt on insurance. What I'm saying is consider the risks to your business, to your lives, to the people around you, and put something reasonable in place that is going to protect against um, things that are um, either very likely to happen or things that are, even though they're unlikely, in the event they mm-hmm. happen, they're very serious and, and have consequences. So look, we've got five minutes. You've got yeah. a train to catch. Yeah, I What's do. the key bits you want to cover off? Uh, the last little bit under protection I wanted to throw in there was um, matrimonial mm-hmm. and asset protection, a very common question that you get that, that gets asked. Um, your lawyer will give you the final authority on the structure and how that protects um, for matrimonial purposes. Mm-hmm. Really important that we're not just thinking about, which we tend to, um, the new generation coming in and all these new partners coming in and how long are they going to stick around. Yeah. Um, don't forget that retiring generation, um, you're in a relationship and you're at risk of um, divorce like anyone else or death like mm-hmm. anyone else. And in those circumstances, um, any new people coming into your life um, after three years are um, in a de facto relationship and there is protection that needs to be in place for those situations. Mm-hmm. So again, um, the lawyer is engaged in the process, will be, will be raising and talking through all these points, um, but um, your wills, your legal documents, your insurances and your asset protection, all part of a, a structure that sets you up for success. So, takeaways. Yeah, what's the takeaways in your last couple of minutes? Crystallize it, right. So, succession is a challenging process. Um, having an independent person to facilitate it is almost non-negotiable. Yep. Almost, in inverted commas. Um, yes, some people have, and some people will successfully do it themselves with some with support in the right places. Um, plug for me, but I only work in a small part yep. of the country, so um, that's that's um, not a plug um, if you're in, in Northland or Southland or, or anywhere mm-hmm. outside of the middle. Um, it's, it's a plug for the fact that these people um, are going to be worth their weight in gold mm-hmm. if they understand you and your business and can, um, can work with your family to mm-hmm. ensure that everyone stays a family and everyone has a voice. Um, the retiring generation need a plan if it's not clear to you what your plan is, then it sure as heck is not going to be clear to anyone else. That's why we start with you. That's why you um, establish your vision and end game, and you establish the, the state of your business and what needs to happen. A profitable business is non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. If your business is not profitable, then you do not have a succession plan. If you plan to succeed, a non-profitable business, you are just kicking the can down the road. So you must understand your business and you must make sure that there is a surplus and a sufficient surplus to cater for you in your retirement and to withstand the ups and downs that are going to come um, in farming. To keep the farm and the family, you must bring everyone on the journey 
which requires great communication. We can start with a structure and give you a company. We, you can have a hugely profitable and successful business. If you don't take your family along for the journey, you will not have a succession plan. Full stop. Full stop. Look at that. No, Excellent. Hey, look, I, I've been tallying up. As I said, we, we I thought we might need to split it into a couple, and we definitely have because we've just basically recorded nearly three hours across these three, uh, not quite, two hours, sorry, across these three podcasts of discussion around um, farm, family business, ownership and transition and succession. And I suspect for those of you that listen, there's still a bunch of questions. So check out the links we've got um you can approach geordie himself i suspect if you're in his area or there's others out working there and get some help but um on that note you've got a train to catch geordie mccallum mccallum big pardon from a wire property consultants you're a rural business consultant with them yes you're all um look i think i can see why rmpb suggested we get you in and talk to you thanks for your time and uh thanks for all of you out there listening i appreciate it thanks aaron